0: It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Face-Off. Welcome back into Fifth Avenue Face-Off. I am Chris Mack, 93.7 The Fan, The Fan Morning Show. You can download, you can subscribe, you can rate, you can review, all those things you want to do right there inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's where you get the latest episodes of Fifth Avenue Face-Off as we race towards the trade deadline, And towards the climax of the season, uh, which really picks up with these six games and 10 days that we've talked about to get things started here today on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Lots of Metro games on the way. Lots of data to process. That's why we have guys who are way smarter than me. Guys and gals who are way smarter than me on the show all the time. And that includes Chris Otto. Uh, You can check him out. Otto's hockey portal. He's got tons of data and this is the kind of data we use to make a little bit of money. Chris, how you doing? Thanks for taking some time. Doing, doing great, Chris.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, good to come on the, the podcast this morning or this yeah, afternoon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for doing it. Um, at PSU Auto on Twitter is where you can find Chris. Chris. And when we talk about betting on hockey, some people just presume that it's one of the most difficult things in the world. Say like, hockey, I, I'm not, I'm not making hockey bets. I'll stick with football, maybe the occasional hoops game, uh, but betting hockey, if you have the right data, is uh, it could be a money maker. You know this firsthand. You've got all this period data that you post a couple times a week, a few times a week, uh, that tells people, hey, first period totals, uh, second period totals by period. Then also, you know, first 10 minutes, Uh, all this stuff that I mean, the spreadsheet, I'm looking at it right now. It's lighting up my face like a Christmas tree. (laughs) Um, What what got you into gathering this data in the first place, Chris?
1: Yeah. So this all started back probably about five years ago. There was a trend. I think it was in 2018 where there were about six teams in the league that were going over in the first period at a really high rate. I think they were all six teams. Penguins were included in that. Uh, They were going over at about 70, 75%. And when those two teams, or when those six teams played each other, it was plus nine, it was over 90%. So there was a stretch. I think it was from about Christmas until the end of March that year, where I just tailed these. Um, I was watching it on VEASAN which uh, is a show out in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and they were talking about this, and I just started tailing it, and it was very profitable that year. So then then the following year, I decided nobody else was really tracking this. It was hard to get the information, uh, so I just started doing it on my own. Um, that first year in 2019, uh, was we didn't have legalized betting here right. <laughs> in PA yet, so it was really hard uh, to, to figure it out, but I just continued to track it and was doing some stuff offshore. Uh, and then when the rivers opened and, and, you know, the sports book became legal, it got much easier to do. So, yeah, it's kind of been a, something that I've been doing for the last five years. Um, really, last year was the first year that I really, it really took off. Um, I got hot over a stretch from like January till March last year and ended up um, up quite a bit of units for, for the year.
0: What's the the bet that I guess you find consistently find the most value in? Like I see that you track, you know, whether a team scores in each, you've got period totals, you've got first 10 minutes, you've got the over one and a half in a period for, you know, multiple goals for a team. What's the, where are you finding the most value? I guess consistently throughout the course of this. And then most recently, not just this season, but maybe confined to the last two to four weeks. Yeah,
1: so I'll start with current. Right now, it seems we're on an extreme trend of overs in the second period, Um, more so than I can ever remember in in previous years. If you look at the data that's out on my site, um, first periods are kind of hit or miss, and third periods are hit or miss. But this second period, the entire league right now, is going over at a dramatic clip in the second period. Over their last 10 games, Uh, the entire league is going over 72%, 72 72.5% in the second period. So that seems to be where the data is pointing us to right now. And I don't know if it has to do – I mean, I'm sure it does with the long change in the second period. It's much harder for teams to get the matchups they want on the ice. So Mm -hmm. it gives you some some different looks uh, on offense. But that seems to be the current trend where we're at. Historically, the first period unders have really – been a lot of, act- nobody wants to bet unders. Everybody wants to bet overs. So sure. if you can find a team like Minnesota right now is on a 16 and two run to the first period under. Wow. Nobody wants to bet that it is painful to sit and watch a first period under. In fact, most of the time I don't even watch yeah. I make the bet. And then I check back in a half hour and see how it's doing uh, because it, yeah, they're painful to watch. But if you can find trends like that, where you go the other way, because public wants to bet the over, uh, if you can come in on the under, you can find some extreme value
0: how much how much attention do you pay and how much do you do you plug it into your formulas i guess or how much do you track it what teams are doing defensively period by period to the first 10 minutes to the last 10 minutes you know i think in particular and as penguin fans we've seen the pens it, it, for it, maybe it's anecdotal maybe you can back it up with data but it feels like the ends and beginnings of periods have been particularly vulnerable for them defensively is that something that you can see in data? And if so, is is it something that you are actually seeing evidence of?
1: Yeah, you could you could pick it up if you were tracking like a first ten bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at the first period, first ten. So if a team was consistently not scoring in the first ten, but then their periods were going over, that would be a, a trend that you could pick up that maybe they're not as good late in the period. Um, the Penguins have been kind of a weird team this year. They they don't really show up on any of my reports as bet on. So that tells me they're kind of in the middle of everything though. I do see some, you know, I was looking at the next six games. You had talked about six and 10. Mm -hmm. Um, there are going to be some opportunities for them over these next six, uh, for second periods. Um, I see it tonight. Um, I think tonight's probably a good look in the second period. If you can get it over, um, definitely against New Jersey, that's going to be a 100% play tomorrow in the second period. New Jersey's on a nine and one run. They're 81 percent to the second period over one and a half tomorrow. So I'll have that um, probably parlayed in some fashion tomorrow. And then obviously Edmonton next Thursday is going to be a track meet uh, from the start. I have yeah. a feeling. So.
0: Chris Otto, you can follow him on Twitter at PSU Auto and go to patreon.com slash hockey portal. Uh, to get all of the data that he has there, you can subscribe to all of it and get an idea of where your bets should be going on one of the most difficult sports to bet on, really, unless you're sitting around tracking all the data like Chris is doing, and that's why you go to his site and get all that data. Um, when we, again, whittle it down to Penguins specifically, uh, you you make a note here, and, and this is what I think is interesting. It, it is It starts anecdotally. We see it with our eyes, but then your data is telling me, that it backs up, that it tracks with what we see with our eyes. And that is the idea that the Penguins are still playing wide open hockey far too much. Um, When we see that, yet we know that if this team's going to succeed come playoff time, they're going to have to drill down and play Mike Sullivan-style boring hockey, which is the way he wants them to play. You talk about the Minnesota Wild, the way they've played in first periods the last couple of weeks. You know, Teams that are going to play tight, close to the vest, And again, I'll use the word boring because I'm okay with it. I'm a hockey fan, and I'm okay to call it boring, uh, sometimes boring hockey. Um, Is the data backing up uh, the anecdotal evidence that this team just refuses to play the way they should, even in situations that call for it even more, like the second half of back-to-backs?
1: Yeah, I would say that's right. I mean, there will be a point in time throughout the season. It happens every year when we get closer to playoff time that the overs stop. you know, Mm -hmm. there will be a time here where we probably have to ratchet back on the second period overs because teams are going to start to play a little bit smarter and a little bit more defensive as we get towards the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, there's a point that can the Penguins do that? You know, are they going to be able have the ability to play lockdown? Um, Defensive type hockey. Do they have the goaltenders that are going to be able to stop those shots whenever uh, they need them to? Uh, Because, you know, if you're not seeing shots on a regular basis, sometimes it makes it harder to to make
0: the big save. So, yeah, time will tell for sure without asking for proprietary information, obviously, um, how are you, how are you calculating goaltending and how much work goes into calculating? Because in a lot of instances, we're not finding out who's going to be between the pipes until, you know, six, seven hours before game time in some cases.
1: Yeah, it definitely plays a part. Um, I'll look at, uh, the, you know, goals against averages to get a determination. You know, I haven't made any plays on the game tonight. Um, I, you know, I kind of lean with the Penguins, but again, no goalies confirmed. Is Sorokin going to play? Because it's a very different handicap with uh, Sorokin in when he, when he's not in. So, yeah, no, nothing tonight yet, but, yeah, it definitely comes into play. And there are certain goalies that are play on, and there are certain goalies that are, you know, I won't touch. So if, if I can get that confirmation ahead of time, I will uh, make a play early, but otherwise I'll probably wait. The second periods have kind of been no matter who's playing. Um, you know, it doesn't seem to matter as much on those
0: okay. but with the first period stuff, for sure. When you look at the Penguins goaltending situation specifically, um, this is something I've talked about at length with, with lots of people. And it's, it's crazy to me that they seemingly play more responsible hockey in front of the better goaltender. Uh, it's what they do. They played m- more responsible hockey in front of Tristan Jari than they do in front of Casey DeSmith and you can see it sometimes lead to certain results. Casey DeSmith has not been George Vezina or Patrick Wah by any means, by any stretch of the imagination, but there have been nights where he hasn't gotten a lot of help, where, to be honest, he's pulled their fat out of the fryer in some cases. I think of the game coming back from the break against the Avalanche in particular. Uh, and then there are games where they hang him out to dry, or, and, and he doesn't help himself either, L.A. Um, so how, um, what's, what's your read whether it's data-based, whether it's anecdotally. uh, What's your read on the Penguins' goaltending situation? Because it's one of those things where I find a lot of people go back and forth on, okay, what's the most important acquisition for this team at the deadline?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not wild about any of them. Um, It doesn't make sense that you would play better, more defensive-style hockey in front of your better goalie. That should be the opposite. You should play a more lockdown style when you have your backup in. That's what most teams do when they start a backup or they have a goalie making their debut. They're probably going to play a more lockdown style. Um, yeah, th- it would be nice to make a move. The-, the question is, what's out there? You know, is there anything out there that's better than what we have currently? Um, I don't know the answer to that because I'm not really up on the trade stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I- I- all I know is it's not ideal right now based on the way this team's built Uh, to be leaking goals anywhere. They need to make every save possible. And I don't know that that's happening all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely not happening in the second period of games, as you pointed out. (laughs) So uh, that's something we're going to keep an eye on something. If you, if you love hockey uh, and you like betting, then this is the perfect marriage of the two. Again, patreon.com slash autos hockey portal is where you go for Chris's stuff at PSU auto on Twitter is where he posts uh, links to a lot of this data. You can go get it, inspect it for yourself, and uh, perhaps place some wagers on it as well, where it's legal, where lucky enough for us in Pennsylvania, it is. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time today, man. It was great to to finally catch up face-to-face and to talk to you, and we'll check back in maybe before the, the regular season starts to wind down to see how things will get adjusted for the playoffs. But again, really appreciate the time today. Yep. Thank you. And uh, appreciate the uh, time as well. Absolutely. Great data. Great insight from Chris Otto of Otto's Hockey Portal at PSU Auto on Twitter. Really appreciate him taking the time today. Thanks to Josh Roundtree as well for joining me. Uh, we will We will keep you up to date throughout this stretch of huge games. Again, as I told you at the top of the show, this is a step-by-step process. But these three things, first of all, Play some good old-fashioned boring hockey. Knock that out. Then you'll be able to win some games that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily win during this six games and 10-day stretch, i.e. the back-to-backs, which the Penguins haven't been good at. Win some of these back-to-backs. Win the games you're supposed to win, the games in hand that you have over teams like the Islanders. Grow some distance between you and those bubble teams in the Eastern Conference playoff standings, and that will get Ron Hextall maybe feeling a little bit more comfortable about adding to this team in a meaningful way at the trade deadline, which is now just two weeks away. We'll be back. We'll have a special weekend edition of Fifth Avenue Faceoff after these two games. It's back-to-back against the Islanders and Devils and get you ready for the second of the Islander games. This one will be at home uh, early next week. And then after that, we get you ready for Edmonton and we just keep on rolling, chugging along. Again, if you're not subscribed already, make sure to do so inside your Odyssey app or wherever you wherever. You get your podcasts, leave a review. We appreciate that. And be sure to catch the next episode of Fifth Avenue Face Off.